0: Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Matthew 18. look at three verses there. Matthew chapter 18, 18, 19, and 20 is where we will spend our time tonight. I'm in there glad to be in God's house tonight. Amen. Sorry, no choir, No guest preacher, you got me tonight. So so let's uh, let's hear what the Lord says. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, that they ask it will be done for them by my Father, in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Where, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is in this place. And we ask, God, that you would open the eyes of our heart, let us understand on a different level. Tonight, and as always, God, let your word continue to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path so that none of our steps will slide. We thank you, we honor you, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen in this house. Amen. You may be seated. Come on, give God some praise one more time. Come on and give God some praise one more time. God bless you. Amen, amen. Um, I'm gonna just use just for a, a subject matter tonight. Uh, look at somebody and say tag team. Anybody ever? Uh, did anybody grow up watching wrestling, or maybe you wrestled in high school or somewhere? Okay, so so if we, this will all makes sense in just a moment. Um, you know, things I, I, we believe here at Revival Tabernacle that life was never meant to be done what? Alone, life is never meant to be done alone, and that there's things are so much better done when we can do them together. Amen. Somebody say together. Um, I, when I think about that word together, I often think about my grandparents. They next year they will be celebrating 70 years of marriage. 70 years of marriage. I mean, I mean, they they go together like love and marriage, horse and carriage hot dogs and picnics, hamburgers and hot dogs, baseball games and hot dogs, hamburgers and french fries, reading and writing, food and fellowship, peanut butter and jelly. I mean, that, that that's how they go together. Hammer and nail, salt and pepper, Christmas and caroling, birthdays and cakes, Easter and the resurrection, uh, uh, Thanksgiving and food. And how many know that we just got done eating some good Thanksgiving food? If, if you didn't Maybe you should be come over to my house, we'll arrange that next year so you can get hooked up. But you know, uh, then there, then there are some people who are, are found in pairs oftentimes that are just very uh, iconic, like Adam and uh, y'all know Romeo and Bert and Sesame Street. Nobody knows Bert and Ernie. Did somebody say? Bert and and Far? Like, that's no, I'm not talking football. Fred and Wilma, Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, The Lone Ranger and Tonto, Batman and Sonny and Cher, Will and Jada, Alvin, Simon and Theodore, y'all know what I'm talking about, the chipmunks, Biggie Smalls and Puff Daddy, they go together. I mean, Jay-Z and Beyonce even go together. Uh, Venus and Sherita, Devin and Courtney go together. I mean, these are just things and people that uh, show up in pairs. And what's so great about pairs and things that go together? Let me just give you my main thought, and here's where we're kind of going to springboard off of. It's just this. We were made to, we were not made to do life alone. We were made to do it together. Somebody say, we were made to do this thing together. We're made to do this together. I mean, as I look even even tonight with our brothers and sisters here from Life Challenge, let me tell you something. It's so much easier when you buy into the program and you hook up with another brother or lays for you, another sister, and you continue to walk this road, these 12 months that you're in the program, and you do it together. Amen? Amen. I, I mean, life is lonely if you, or if you want to be out there on an the island all by yourself. It's no fun that way. Uh, someone wrote how important you are to me. Uh, more than you think. A rooster minus a hen equals no baby chicks. Kellogg minus a farmer equals no cornflakes. If the nail factory closes, what good is the hammer factory? Uh, A cracker maker will do better if there is a cheese maker. Hello, somebody. The most skillful surgeon needs the ambulance driver who drives the patients to the hospital. And just as Ashford needed Simpson, the sun needs the sky. I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, you need someone and someone needs you. Amen. We need one another. We, we, we need one another for support. We need one another for encouragement. We need one another uh, for love. We need to love one another. John 13 and 34 says this. He says, a new commandment. This is Jesus talking. And listen to what he says in John 13 and 34. A new command I give you. And watch this. He says, a new command I give you. And you would think that this is something simple at the basis of everything. But Jesus begins talking in 13 and 34. He says, this new commandment I give you, here it is. Watch it. Groundbreaking stuff here. Love one another. (laughs) Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Isn't that something? That Jesus said, this brand new idea, this brand new concept, that I want to make sure that it's not just something that you have an option to do, but he commands it to us. He says, just as I have loved you, I want you to extend and be a reflection of what I have done for you. Do it for someone else and love one another. Romans 12 and 10, it says, be devoted to one another. Paul picks this up. He says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. How many know that's sometimes the very hard thing to do? To put someone else above ourselves. I mean, we have wants, we have needs. And here it is, he's telling us to be, a vote, to be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honoring one another above ourselves. Paul picks it up in Romans 15 and 7. He says, "Accept one another. Then, just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God, how many people know that sometimes it's very difficult to accept somebody that's different from you? or to accept someone who doesn't think like you think. Maybe they don't look how you look. Maybe they don't dress how you dress. They don't eat like you eat. They don't talk like you talk. But here he is, he's saying, hey, accept one another. Just as Christ accepted you. Now, if you really think about this concept, you'll begin to understand That when Christ accepted you, he accepted you just the way you were. And let me tell you something. When you accepted Christ and when Christ accepted you, you didn't look like Jesus. (laughs) You didn't act like Jesus. You didn't talk like Jesus. You didn't walk like Jesus. But he still accepted you. And Paul is telling us here that we should accept one another just as Christ accepted us. Galatians 5 and 13, you, my brothers, were called to be free. But watch this, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. He continues to reaffirm what Jesus said in his his command. This new commandment I give to you, love one another just as Christ has loved you. Ephesians 4 and 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Oh, my goodness. How many know that we need to be patient when dealing with one another? Because let me tell you something. Dealing with people. (laughs) My dad told me this years ago. He probably doesn't even remember this. He says, you know, let me tell you something about people. People are some of the strangest people you'll ever meet. (laughs) And that's the truth, and we have to exercise Patience when dealing with one another. But he says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. How many know that sometimes in our relationships with one another, it is a bearing? It's work. And we have to continue working at it because it's not always gonna be easy. God bless you, Sister Naomi. Thank you so very much for leading our intercessory prayer time. We, we believe in prayer here at Revival Tabernacle. And, and, and so everything that we do, we, we make sure that we're undergirded with prayer. Sister Juana, who, who is our lead intercessor for our Sunday night services, she couldn't be here tonight. But Sister Naomi, thank God bless you. Thank you so very much for being here tonight and, and, and standing in the gap to make sure that we our time together are productive and anointed but we need to be patient, bearing with one another in love. These scriptures and a whole lot more tell us all that we need about the fact that we need one another for help and encouragement in life. And we're in this thing together. One of the best things about doing life together is when other believers, with other believers, that you get to have one another or one of the most important relationships that a person can ever have. When you get to do life with one another and, 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 and that person that you're in relationship with is a believer, you begin to become and you also obtain one of the best relationships or the best positions or titles that you could ever, ever have. And you know what that is? Being a prayer partner or having a prayer partner. Can I just tell you, has anybody ever had a good prayer partner that in the time of your need, they were there for you and they were there not only to just sit with you and talk with you, but to pray you through some of the hardest moments in your life? I thank God for different prayer partners that I've had through different seasons of my life. I remember uh, my daughter, and she's here. Boy, I tell you, I had this stuff in here, and I try not to talk about her when she's in the room. But I'm gonna just say this: uh, I remember one time, Kaylin, uh, she she's six now, but this was a couple of years ago, and uh, I was, you know, on my trend trying to lose weight, and so um, I was on a diet. And I was restricting my my eating habits, and Kaylin came, and it was time for us to pray at din- at the dinner table. And, uh, you know, when I go on, on a diet, sometimes it affects the whole household because I don't want to be tempted if they eating Big Macs and, uh, and I'm, having, I'm having green leaves and kale and all this other stuff. And so Kaylin, she loves to pray. She loves to pray over the food and loves to say the blessing, say the grace and everything. And she says, <laughs> I'll never forget this. She says, uh, she said her regular prayer and then at the very end, she said, and God, please take the diet away from my daddy. And, and, I, and I laughed. I laughed on the inside because she was praying a very selfish prayer. She was praying a prayer that was selfish strictly because she didn't want to have to deal with the fact that we're eating restricted food. She wanted to have the good stuff, pasta, choli, stuff that makes us happy when we sit down at the dinner table. And so she asked God, God, take away my daddy's diet. She didn't really understand what it was, but she knew there was an altering in our food choices as a family because of it. Let me just say something. When you're a prayer partner with someone, you can't pray selfish prayers. Because it's not about you. It's about you getting a prayer through for someone else so that, that, so that the will of God can be done in their life. Somebody say amen in this place. So Matthew 18, 18 through 20 clearly points that he begins to show the power of prayer. He says, Truly I say to you that whatever you bind on earth shall be shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am in the midst." You know, not only do believers need prayer partners, but I believe every believer should be a prayer partner. Not only do we need it, but I believe that that's our responsibility to one another for us to not only need one, but to be one. So I wanna give you three main responsibilities of being an effective prayer partner. Three main responsibilities of being an effective prayer partner. And we're gonna do this in about 15 minutes and then we're gonna be out of here, amen? Number one, get this down, identify. Somebody say identify. Identify. We must not only identify the problem, but we must more importantly identify with the problem. There's a difference between identifying what the problem is and identifying with the problem. It's not enough just to point out someone's issue. As a matter of fact, that's dangerous to do. Have you ever met someone uh, who that's all they did was point out somebody else's problem? Well, you know, you, you know, this is wrong with you and that's wrong with you. and You need to be doing this and you should be doing that. That, that's dangerous, but as believers together, we are called to do more than point out people's problems. The Bible says, and they overcame them by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. When you, when you when you begin to not only identify their problem, but you couple that with how God did this thing for you, now you have just given hope to that dismal situation. Now you have just literally said, listen, I know that you're going through, because I was going through the very same thing, and this is how God brought me out. Now you have given encouragement, and you've given life to that brother and that sister to let them know that if God did it for them, God was able to do it for you. If someone is going, who is going through can see how God did it for you, then they can be encouraged and lifted up. So it's important that we as believers, that we identify, somebody say identify. See, there there is another step in showing empathy. Not just being sympathetic, but showing empathy with what someone is going through. Identify with that problem. Second thing that you have a responsibility to do as a intercessor, not just identify, but you also have the responsibility as a prayer partner to do just that, and that's intercede. Somebody say intercede. Not only must you identify the problem, well not only identify with the problem, but identify with the problem, but you also must intercede. After we've identified the problem and identified with the problem, the next thing that we must do is intercede with and for the person in need. See, there's a fine line between intercession and gossip. There's a fine line between intercession and gossip. The difference is all in who you're talking to. (laughs) See, gossiping is talking to man about man. Interceding is talking to God about man. Look at somebody and say, it's all in who you're talking to. It's all in who you're talking to. Intercession is when you start talking to God about man. As a church, we have a responsibility right here in 48203 to intercede for this city. For Jeremiah 29 and 7 tells us to seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. Can I just remind you that when you take care of God's business, He will take care of your business. When you take care of God's business, He will already automatically take care of your business. When you, that, that's just like when you take care of the things of God's house. He will take care of your house. No one has ever gone for, gone lacking when serving in the house of God. Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you that if any of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them. Sometimes all you need to do is reach out and hook up with somebody who's willing to cry out to God with you on your behalf, even for you. Because there are times, my brothers and sisters, and listen to me real clear, there are times in when life will get so tough that you won't even be able to cry out for yourself. You won't even be able to open up your own mouth. But having a brother and a sister next to you in the Lord, right there with you, to be able to call out to God on your behalf, that's power. That's power. I'm telling you, sometimes all you need to do is just call somebody up and say, I need you to pray with me. I need you to sit with me. I remember times when um, me. Pastor Eli and Brother Rodney, who's, who you guys saw just a moment ago, and uh, another brother here at the church, we were working out, you know, trying to get our bodies together. God, we need to get back to those days, Brother Rodney, I'm just saying, all right, you, the balls in your court hold me accountable. But we were working out together, and I'm telling you, when we were working out, and I mean, we were, we, we were being worked out by this professional trainer in the gym, and it was no weights. But I tell you, uh, I saw somebody with this shirt that said, when I sweat, it's my fat crying. And I know what that means. I, I know what that means. My fat was crying out. I mean, it was, it was prevailing before the Lord. I mean, it laid out prostrate, I'm telling you. This thing was crazy. I mean, and, and, and so, I mean, they had us do it. Anybody know what bear crawls are? Where in the world did that come from? Who thought of this exercise? I mean, getting down on all floors and going from one end of the gym to the other end of the gym, just walking like a bear and not bending your knees and just standing. I mean, I, I get tired thinking about it, but I would be down on doing bear crawls and I, and I would start just hollering out because that's all I knew to do. I would just, uh, uh and I would hear Chris and Eli, and, and Chris, you know, Chris was real strong and real muscular. He, would say, he 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 would yell out at us. He would like, tell your body to shut up. <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? Tell your body to shut up. And sometimes that's what you need in your corner. When you are wimping out and you don't think you can make it, you need somebody that's going to say, listen, tell your body to get in line with the Word of God. Tell your mind to be renewed by the Word of God. Tell your spirit to get in line with the Word of God. You need somebody that's going to be there to encourage you to say, hey, you might be crying right now, but get back on track because God has not left you. He's not let you down. Not only do you need somebody that's willing to identify with you in your problem, not only do you need somebody that's willing to intercede for you on your behalf at times, but let me give you this last point. And I told you we're getting ready to go home. You need somebody that's willing to intervene. See, and this is the part that we don't like too much. Because identifying, that's analytical. That's analytical remembering, that's um, and I, I see you, I hear you, I'm with you. Interceding, that's the next step, that's crying out to God. God, bless Mark. God, he's in need of a miracle, God. I mean, and the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous they do avail. But when you have to intervene, that takes all of you. That takes you coming down and getting in the trenches and getting involved with what it is that is going on in their life. That takes you getting a little dirty because sometimes when people are in mess, that's just what it is, they are in mess and they need the help of a brother and a sister. It's the part that we don't like because it's gonna require you to get a little messy This right here will make you have to, sometimes, ladies, you gotta, you know, pull your hair back in a ponytail when it's time for you to intervene. Sometimes, fellas, it's time for you to take off the three-piece suit, put on some jogging pants, a T-shirt, and some Tims, and get ready to get down and dirty into the business of it because it's gonna require some blood, sweat, and tears. We must be willing to literally watch this To intervene is literally to throw yourself in the direction of your prayers. Throw yourself, not just money, not just your finances, but sometimes it requires you. Y'all not gonna like me tonight. It requires you to throw yourself in the direction of your prayers. You can't be cute and comfortable and be a Christian. You can't be complacent and be a Christian, because let me tell you something, the fact that you bear the name of Christ is gonna require you to go after those things that may not be uh, 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 comfortable, comfortable for your situation. A Christian that simply says a little prayer in the closet, it's not gonna work. In addition to your prayers of intercession, you should do anything you can to aid in the res- in the restoration of Which you earnestly pray for. My question to you tonight is Are you willing to do whatever it takes for the thing that you've been praying for? Even if it's not necessarily the thing that you're praying for for yourself, but when you're praying for somebody else, are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to invest yourself? Are you willing to give your life? Are you willing to lay your life down? Are you willing to put aside your own agenda? Brother here, Eric, I remember him giving his testimony about how he was spent so many years on drugs and how Pastor Kevin, former pastor here at the time, he, he had gotten a call from Eric's wife at three o'clock in the morning. And he said, Eric has, hasn't been home. And, it's probably down at the crack house. And I got permission to tell his testimony. And he began to say how Pastor Kevin went down to where the crack house was. He had been working with them and praying with them. And he, he saw the, the effects of how it was tearing the family apart. But he went down. He, wasn't, he didn't just stop at the point of praying with him or praying for him. He intervened. He got involved. He, he got down. He, went, he got in his car and went down there to the crack house. And, when, and and the way Eric tells the story, he's like, when I saw Pastor Kevin, I, I, I got out of the house, me and my buddy, and we jumped into a car. And Pastor Kevin jumped down and jumped on top of the car to try to get me out of there. We start, he says, we started driving to get him off. Turning corners thinking that he was going to uh, 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 make him fall off the hood of the car, but he hung on. We made a left turn thinking it was going to make him fall off, but he hood on. We made another right turn thinking it was going to make him fall off, but he hood, he held on. He, got, he intervened in that situation. And today, Eric is nine years free of drugs. Why? Because somebody didn't just say a prayer. Somebody didn't just intercede. Somebody didn't just identify, but somebody intervened. And sometimes you need a prayer partner. Sometimes you need a tag team partner. I need uh, some help real quick. Come here real quick, come here and come here, just the three of you. Come here real quick. Yeah, wanna show you guys something. See, when we talk about tag team wrestling, all right, you're gonna be over there. Hold on. on, Y'all are tag team partners, and you're in the ring. You got a partner, but, well, you got a partner. He's in the ring right now with you and you're beating them up. Go ahead, I mean, fake, don't, don't hit them for real now. Just, you know, and act like you're hurt. I mean, like, and really be hurt, really be hurt. Go ahead, just, just tear him up. And see, this is what happens when the enemy is, keep on fighting him, man, you can't just, this is what happens when the enemy has got you, and he is, and now, 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 now here's what I want you to do, I want you guys to turn, yeah, and keep on beating him up. And I mean, the enemy, and don't let him get to his corner. You gotta keep him away from his partner, all right? The enemy is beating you up, and you don't know what to do. I mean, he has got the best of you. Y'all taking a little too far. He's got the best of you, and all all you're trying to do is get to your partner because you know that if you can get to your partner and tag your partner in, he can come in and help you. So here, now you gotta let up and let him get from an illustration. He tagged, you got you to tag him in. And now he comes in fresh and ready to defeat the enemy. And he gets the enemy, takes the enemy out, and he's no longer a threat. Let me tell you something, thank you. Give these guys a hand. Let me tell you something. This is what happens. This is what happens when you have linked yourself up with a powerful prayer partner. Sometimes the devil is on your track. Sometimes he has got you beat down. The cares of this life have weighed you down. But let me tell you something. If you could just get to a phone, if you could just get to your prayer partner and tag that prayer partner in, that person is able to come in with power, with might, and call it on the name of the Lord, and he will come through for you. That's what we're going to do tonight. That's how we're going to end tonight. I want everybody to stand. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.